Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, I've admit, co-host and Molly's right-hand gal. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. We've got a sweet episode for you all today. We're going to be starting things off with a salty and sweet pressing questions experiment. Then we're ending salt and sugar remix week with some old pals in our wild card. Some old pet pals, perhaps? From Pleasantville, methinks? Maybe. You will just have to wait and find out. <laughs> Let's go to the theme! Tastes good. Ooh. Oh, brother. Mystery recipe. Molly, I can't believe it's Friday already. This remix week is on its final chorus. It is indeed. Should we sing? Yeah, let's sing. Can we get that beat back, please? No, 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 no. Sorry, no time for that today. We have got too much to cover. Plus, we talked about this, Mitzi. The world is just not ready for the kitchen icons yet. Right. I had to try. Okay, let's get started with pressing questions, where we answer a question from a young chef using science. Yep, every week, Mitzi goes through our emails and voicemails and finds a question that we conduct a science experiment to answer. And then Molly will call up some kid recipe testers to try it out. Exactly. Here's how it will work. We are going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step by step through each part of the experiment in our episode. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate the science for yourselves in your own recipe labs. And don't forget to tell us how it went. All right. Shall we get started with today's question? Ready when you are. Let's hear it. Sometimes we put salt on eggplant to take out the water before cooking. And sometimes we put sugar on strawberries to take their water and make a delicious fruit salad. So both salt and sugar can pull water out of food. But which one is more effective? Perfect question, Mitzi. There is a lot to that. Listeners, here's what you'll need if you want to try this experiment at home. Quarter teaspoon salt. Quarter teaspoon sugar. Three ripe tomatoes. Three bowls. Fine mesh strainer. Liquid measuring cup. Quarter cup measuring cup. One pen or marker. Knife. Cutting board. Three clear glasses of the same size. And an oven mitt. Mitzi, we usually aren't going to need an oven mitt. That was just the first week, really. Oh. Should I go, or, uh... No, no, no. We want you here. We just aren't going to be doing any cooking, so we don't need an oven mitt for the experiment. Today, we are working with Luca and Teo. I talked to them on the computer. 
Hi, guys. I am so excited to be doing a science experiment with you today. Can we start by having you introduce yourself with your name and your age? My name is Teo, and I'm 12 years old. And my name is Luca, and I'm 10 years old. Great. So in order to see whether salt or sugar can pull more water out of food, we're going to try them both on a tomato and measure their effectiveness. And just to start at the beginning, you mentioned earlier in the week that salt can pull water out of food. Now you're saying sugar does too? Yes, we use salt to cure or dry out a meat or cheese or even egg yolk. We often use sugar to make fruits into a sauce or syrup. Salt and sugar are both hygroscopic. That means water loves to hang out with them. If you salt or sugar something that has a lot of water in it, like an eggplant, some strawberries, or a tomato, that water will leave the food to go hang out with whatever hygroscopic ingredient you've added. Ah, I see. I think I'm hygroscopic, because whenever I go for a swim, I am completely soaked all the way through. No, Mitzi, you're not hygroscopic, I'm pretty sure. You're just one hand-sized pocket full of little spaces for water to come in, so water likes you, but... Not in exactly the same way. What are you trying to say, Molly? I'm sure water would like me just as much, if not more, once we got to know each other. You're not wrong, Mitzi, but we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let's get back to our experiment. So, in order to see whether salt or sugar are more hygroscopic, we're going to use both of them on tomatoes and see which one draws out more water. To do this test, we are going to start by cutting up that tomato. And the first step in cutting a tomato is, do you know? Get a knife. Yeah, exactly, grab a knife. Exactly, step one. Step two, what part of the tomato do you tackle first? The core. The core, the like the, the leaf part, I think, I don't know. That's exactly right, the leaf part. So first we're going to core the tomato. Have you ever done that before? No, I have not. Uh, no. No, I haven't. Uh, hey, Molly. Um, why are we going to bore these tomatoes? We're not boring them. We're coring them. Coring a tomato just means cutting the hard top center section off, the part around the stem. It's easy. Here's how we do it. Start by using a small knife to cut the tomato in half from top to bottom through the stem. Then place each half flat side down and use the tip of the knife to make small triangles around the stem, cutting the tough stem out and coring the tomatoes. Amazing! Not as hard as boring the tomato either. Those guys find anything interesting. After you've cored the tomato, go ahead and chop it into half inch pieces. You can put all three tomatoes in the same big bowl after chopping. I think that might take a minute. Time to fast forward. I think that's my favorite part of these experiments. The fast forwarding, not the science or our witty banter. What was I even thinking? The science is my favorite. No, uh, the witty banter is my favorite. No, it's a three-way tie. All right, let's skip ahead to when all three of these tomatoes are chopped. Great. So now that all three of these tomatoes are chopped into half-inch pieces, let's get our bowls ready. First, use the tape and marker to label one bowl salt. Label the second bowl sugar, and label the third bowl control. Do you guys know what a control is? 
Uh, in in this case, I think it's like uh, the the part of the test that like they're testing one thing, they're testing another thing, and then the last thing they're not doing anything to it to see what the difference is. Yes. Most successful experiments have a control. It's just a way to have something unaffected by what you're testing to compare your findings to. Right. Next up, we are going to split the chopped tomatoes evenly between our three bowls. So go ahead and use that quarter cup measuring cup, or just a spoon, to scoop the chopped tomatoes evenly into all three of your bowls. What helps is to put one scoop in each bowl down the line and repeat, spreading them out this way until your big bowl of tomatoes is gone and you have three labeled bowls equally full of chopped tomato. I know what to do. All right, let's start. Okay. Yummy tomatoes. <laughs> Those do look evenly split. Amazing. So now it's time to do the actual experiment. So what I would like for you guys to do is start with the salt bowl and add a quarter teaspoon of salt to the salt bowl and stir it in. All right, so I'll take the quarter teaspoon that we have, which is really small. Great, and you can give it a little stir with a spoon, mix it all up. Yep. And then we'll do the sugar sample. So you can take a quarter teaspoon of sugar, put it in the sugar bowl, and mix it all up. Uh, uh, I got a quarter teaspoon of sugar. And add no force teaspoons of nothing to the control bowl and stir nothing in. All right, so the next step for us is to make some predictions. What do you guys think is going to happen when it comes to pulling water out of these samples? Is the salt sample, the sugar sample, or the control sample going to have more water? I think the salt. Because I feel like the salt is going to like suck all the water up for some reason. And I don't know why. Because salt with like normal usual foods, like chicken or a steak usually, when you put it on, it kind of sucks in the juice. I don't know if that's just the steak. I feel like the salt's doing something, too. After listening to what Lucas said, I think it's going to be salt. But I, I, ha- I just have a gut feeling that salt is going to do better. Okay, so two votes for salt. The next step of this experiment is going to be to wait 15 minutes to see what happens with the liquid in all our different samples. Are you ready to fast forward to the results? Yep. I wish we had, like, a button. Like, a fast forward button. And when I pressed it, it would go... How are we fast-forwarding, then? I don't actually know. It just happens when we ask it to. Like now. All right, it's been 15 minutes, guys. Are you ready to find out our results? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm ready. So you guys have your strainers set up over the bowl, and we're going to pour the tomatoes from the control bowl into the strainer and stir them gently. You don't want to press them too hard because we want to know how much liquid is being pulled out by the salt and sugar, not by how much we can press out of it. So stir gently. There's like nothing in in the cup. There's like barely anything. There's like less than an eighth of a cup in in the control one. So, you know, I didn't expect it to be 
high at all. So, you know, but still, still, it's very, it's very little. So very little in the control. That's awesome. Let's move on to the sugar. So pour the sugar bowl of tomatoes into the strainer and do that gentle stir. Uh, the sugars are actually much more than the control. Um, it's like, I'd say like a little bit like double. Sugar is like double the control. Awesome. Let's try salt. Slurpy. <laughs> Salt got the most, uh, got the most juice out of it by like, like four times control, and I'd say like two times or like double what sugar had. Okay, so Luca, can you give us a rundown of what you're seeing in front of you with the results? So control has half of sugar, and sugar has like just about half of salt. So those results are pretty clear. Are you ready to hear the science? Yes! I'll tell you all about it right after this word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. If there's one thing we simply cannot have enough of in my house, it is snacks. That's why Kroger's ship service is so great. You can browse snacks and other stuff online and get it shipped right to your house. It's fast and easy, and your order will arrive in as little as one to three days. My daughter Olive was pretty impressed. What's in there? Can you pull it out? <gasps> what do you think all those are? Uh, gummies. Do you think this is maybe the largest box of gummies you've ever seen? Yeah. What else is in the box? Pretzels. Learn more at Kroger.com and get the yummiest snacks shipped directly to your doorstep. And we're back. So now to the science. You mentioned that the control had the smallest amount of liquid drawn from the tomato. Ah, that makes sense to me. And also confirms that both sugar and salt were hygroscopic because they both drew more water from the tomato than the control where it was left alone. Right, and the sugar had the second largest amount of liquid, but salt was the most effective at drawing water from the tomato because it had the largest amount of liquid in its final cup. I see. So why is that, Molly? Well, water just likes salt molecules more than sugar molecules. It's more strongly attracted to salt than to sugar. Oh. Uh, why? We talked about how when something is hygroscopic, water is drawn to it. This happens on a cellular level, down to the smaller than microscopic molecules that make up the tomatoes. A tomato cell is full of water, which makes the tomato plump and juicy. But when you put salt or sugar on the outside of those slices, the hygroscopic salt and sugar are pulling water through the cell wall of the tomato plant. But how they react with this drawn-out water affects how much they pull. I feel like you're about to get very fancy with us here, Molly. I am. So we'll start with sugar. When sugar draws water out of a cell, the sugar and water molecules become weakly held together. They aren't merging. They aren't even really embracing each other. It's like the sugar and water are nicely holding hands. Glad to be together. Fan 
friends of each other's work, but still pretty easily separated when the time comes. Exactly. Salt reacts a bit differently, though. Water pulls apart the sodium and chlorine atoms that make up salt. And when they're pulled apart from each other, they really want to grab onto something else. So they grab tightly onto the water molecules. Sounds like a bit more commitment. It is. They become very strongly connected. So the salt and water are giving really strong and tight hugs and just don't want to let go of each other. Much like the scene at my place each morning when I have to say goodbye to Oliver. Except the water is probably not fighting the salt off with their sharp claws and aggressive expressions of love. That's a pretty good comparison. But the strength of the bond between salt and water means more water is pulled out of the tomato cells with salt than with sugar. And there you have it. Molly. Molly, Molly, Molly. Just wow. Once again, I just, I can't. Couldn't have done it without our kid recipe testers. Bye. And listeners, if you want to try this experiment at home, remember to tell us how it went. Grownups, you can reach us at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. Well, that sounds like the end of pressing questions for today. It is indeed. Coming up next is our wild card segment. This week, we're heading back to Pleasantville. Last season, during Sugar Week, we met the three pet pals of Pleasantville. And during this special remix, we are excited to hear what hijinks they got into next. Here we go! Once upon a time, there were three best friends. Shedrick the dog, Meowtilda the cat, and Cracker the parrot. They lived in Pleasantville, in the happiest part of town, on the sunniest side of the street. But Shedrick was bored. It's always so perfectly happy and sunny here. What should we do today? I don't know if I could stand another perfect, happy, sunny day. Not so fast, Shedrick. I remember what happened last time you said something like this. Right. We ended up getting trapped inside that sugar factory. And I had to bail us out. Not this time. We are never setting Pa back into that sugar factory again. Okay, fine, fine. We don't need to go to that factory. But what about this other factory over there? Thunder crackled, and an inexplicable storm cloud rolled in as Meltilda and Cracker looked in the opposite direction to see a new factory they had never seen before. Oh, brother. How long has that been there? Come on, pals. We've got to go check it out. No, we don't. What we've got to do is stop getting ourselves into tricky situations where someone could get hurt. I don't know, Meltilda. They put that building up awfully fast. I've got a funny feeling about that new factory. I think maybe we should go check it out. Exactly. Thank you, Cracker. We're going to go see what's going on over there with or without you, Meowtilda. But we could really use your help. Ugh, fine. But only because I know you'll be useless without me. But I swear, if I get a single hair out of place, I'm blaming it all on you, Cracker. Ah, me? Come on, 
Let's go before I change my mind. Meowtilda hopped up from her bed and with a frustrated prance, headed across the field towards the brand new factory. This was a perfect day to sit on our perfect porch. I was having a perfectly fine time. Oh, Meowtilda, there's nothing wrong with a little adventure. The three pet pals crouched low in the grass so as to not be seen, and they peered towards the back of the factory. Look, inside that stall in the factory, is that a horse? I don't know, Shedrick. That horse is big and looks really strong. We wouldn't want to mess with him. No one said anything about messing with him. Just because someone's big doesn't mean they are dangerous. Come on, let's go introduce ourselves. Shedrick, wait! But it was too late. Shedrick had jumped up and was running excitedly over to the factory. All Meowtilda and Cracker could do was wait and watch nervously. As Shedrick got closer, he slowed a bit and called out to his new friend. Hello there, horse friend. Hi, I'm Shedrick. Howdy, neighbor. Good of you to come say hi. You must be part of that trio of perfect pet pals I can see across the field. I'm Haymond. So where are your friends? Uh, <laughs> good question. Shedrick turned back towards his friends with his tail wagging to let them know that the coast was clear. Now Tilden Cracker hurried over to Haymond, excited to make a new friend. Well, hello to you both. Haymond, this is Meowtilda and Cracker. And this is Haymond. Hello, Haymond. Nice to meet you. Hey, how come you're stuck inside this stall in a factory? Shouldn't you be on a farm or in a stable? Well, you may have noticed this factory was built pretty quickly. That's all because of me. The people who run this factory have had me working day and night to help them make it. Yikes! That sounds just awful. It is. I just hate it here. Can you help me? There's a key to this stall over by the other door. Of course we'll help you, Haymond. Yeah, of course we will. But Maltilda looked a bit more cautious. Of course I want to help you, but we've been in a factory before, and we almost got trapped inside. I'm afraid to put ourselves in danger. Now, Tilda, listen. When someone needs help, especially a neighbor, it's our job to face our fears and help them. Sure, these factories are big and scary, with inexplicable storms hanging over them that appear seemingly on cue. But wouldn't you want someone to do the same thing for you if you were in trouble? You're right. It is scary, but helping someone in need is the right thing to do. Come on, pals. Let's go. Now Tilda and Shedrick ran over to the other side of the factory to grab the key while Cracker circled above to keep an eye out. You guys! This factory is filled with giant sugar cubes! You all look like you've got everything under control. I'm gonna go grab one for the trip home! Not again, Cracker! But it was too late. Cracker grabbed a large cube from the bottom of the pile 
and started another avalanche. Ah! 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 Oh, look, no! out! look out! Oh, Whoa, look out! When the dust had settled, the pet pals could hear Cracker coughing. <coughs> These aren't sugar cubes. They're not sweet at all. These are salty. They aren't sugar cubes. This is a salt lick factory. Some animals love licking big cubes of salt like these. Salt licks are a great source of mineral nutrients for animals that otherwise have a hard time finding it in their natural environments. Yes, well, those salty salt licks are now blocking our way out. And not even I can lick my way out of this one. Yeah, it's far too salty for me. Well, time for me to return the favor and help get us out of this mess. I could lick these salt licks for hours. This shouldn't be a problem. Heyman licked a horse-sized opening in the salt lick pile, and all four new friends ran from the factory laughing. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. You're free now, Heyman. And back across the field they ran until they sat out of breath on their perfect porch. Thanks for coming to help me get out of this factory, friends. I know it took a lot of courage to face your fears like that. Haymond, you helped us more than we helped you. I was only really scared when those salt licks were blocking our way out. Thank you for coming to our rescue. What will you do now, Haymond? That is a very good question. I'm not sure yet. Well, our perfect porch is pretty big. Care to join us for a nap? That sounds perfect. (laughs) And nap they did, tired out from their latest adventures. It's back to their perfect daily routine for this group of pet pals. Until next time. The Pet Pals of Pleasantville to the rescue! Boy, that porch sounds so nice. It sure does. Well, that's the end of Salt and Sugar Remix Week. Wow, what a fun week this one was. We learned what the word community means and that salt and sugar are both hygroscopic, which means water thinks they're pretty great. Yes to all of that. We'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. And remember... At the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we've talked about eggs, vegetable oil, salt, and sugar. Getting close! Be sure to listen next week. If you love Mystery Recipe, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. Until then, keep Keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a cupcake. Kaya Williams was the associate producer for this episode. She is a caramel brownie. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a salty sweet chocolate chip cookie. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. He's the cherry on top. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a fizzy drink. 
Our post-production supervisor is Chen Margolis in Artichoke. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also Broccoli. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a garden-grown green zebra tomato. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a homemade ravioli. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, assistant editor, Katie O'Hara, senior editor, Afton Cyrus, test cook, Andrea Vavjin, and test cook, Cassandra Loftlin. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Yorgos Tsivernides, Sarah Joyner, Caroline Rickert, and Jack Bishop. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger, Driscoll's, and Opinel. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. I want a porch, I think. How does one go about acquiring a porch? Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.